Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are excited to have Dr. Paul Corona join us from California. Dr. Corona is not only a medical doctor, but also a passionate mental health advocate and author of several books. His latest release, The Corona Protocol, a scientifically proven medical solution to stop addiction, bullying, homelessness, school shootings, and suicide 30 years in the making is coming out soon. So Dr. Paul, welcome to the RV. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, of course. I'm curious, Dr. Paul, were you examining pets when you were just a kid, earning you the nickname Dr. Paul at such a young age? Well, I was uh, five years old and my um, our family doctor, who was also a friend, really good friend of our family, gave me a doctor bag for Christmas, one of those plastic, you know, kids doctor bags. And I was just obsessed with this. And I will for, I first I self-medicated on the candy pills on the, in the bottle. But then I uh, I carried it around and pretended I was putting Band-Aids on people and and so since I since I, I carry that around so much, that's when I first had the nickname Dr. Paul when I was like five years old. Uh-huh. It's always like a let's say a prediction. So you knew already that you were going to become a doctor. And speaking of pets, actually I'm a physical therapist and I used to examine my cat. Um speaking of pets, you have a cat named Samoa. So how does having a furry companion like Seymour support you emotionally? Well, Seymour, like like all many pets, people understand if they're if you're a pet person that just he he's my relax, you know, I just my the relaxation when I get home and he's a daddy's boy. Um, he just we, we he loves on me and I pet him and he purrs and he lays on his back and. And so having Seymour's, uh, I'm a cat, I'm a cat guy since I was young. I prefer cats over dogs, but um, I've had a lot of cats. I've never had a cat like Seymour. He's the best I've ever had. And he's just lovable and playful. And, and so it's, it's just a, such a relief when I get home and, and see Seymour. He just, he just helped me to relax. Yeah, I understand it completely. I had a cat, Fidel. Now mm -hmm. I have Attila, but I had Fidel. He was almost like a person. He loved people. I've never seen a cat who yeah. are not who is not afraid of people. And um, every time we arrived at home, he was greeting us. He was such a kid, and unfortunately, yeah, he left us. And I still miss him so much. Yeah, yeah. My Seymour is very much like a dog because. He he loves people, and even even strangers can come over, and he just walks right up to them, and he's not afraid of you know. And, and he's 
he's the alpha male with our we have a dog too and he's definitely the alpha male and he's he he dominates the dog for sure <laughs> so uh dr paul i see you spent many years working as a family doctor before transitioning into psychiatry so what led you to change your medical field Well, when I first started in medical school, I didn't really know. I, I really liked OBGYN, pediatrics, adult medicine, psychiatry. So I didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I chose family practice, you know, so general practice. And that's what I did for about 10 years. And I think during that time, I mean, just not to get too technical, but people understand SSRIs like Zoloft and Lexapro and and basically medication to work on, on serotonin. Well, the first medication that also works on a chemical called norepinephrine came out called Effexor. And that changed everything for me. So what I really started understanding was this connection because I was giving this certain medication to people. And not only did they emotionally get better, but they physically got better. So I started seeing this connection between the emotion and the body and getting rid of pain and fibromyalgia and irritable bowel syndrome. So all these kind of mystery illnesses I was seeing were getting better. And I, I did so much in the 1990s that around the year 2000 or so, I had to make a big decision because I was getting so busy that I decided to give up on traditional family practice and move full-time into psychiatry or what I call it, I call it mind-body medicine because mm -hmm. I, I combined the traditional primary care approach with psychiatry and understanding that there's a link, there's this mental, emotional link that, that many doctors don't understand. Primary care doesn't usually understand it. And also most psychiatrists don't really understand it either. Yeah, I was reading about your approach. And nowadays, Dr. Paul, the demand for mental health professionals is booming. Yeah. Because we all know of the rising number of individuals experiencing anxiety and other psychological issues. And I see that you are known as a doctor for depression. So how did you get this title? Um, be, because I see a lot of depression. And depression really goes with anxiety. So the Anxiety disorders are probably the number one thing that I see in my practice um, because it's so common. But anxiety uh, often goes with depression. They often go together. Um, and it got it all got worse with the pandemic, you know, with the shut with the shutdowns and people got, you know, really a lot of stress being shut down and their business, you know, financially things are falling apart and the businesses had to close. And so that everything and, and you can talk to psychologists as well as doctors who prescribe and everyone got busier the last few years because everything got worse. But yeah, but I think it's our modern times. Things are very stressful. Our country and, and around the world, just look around the world what's going on. It's just an extremely high stress time. People watch the news and they get more stressed out because everything they see on the news is stressful. So it's just it's just, yes, I've been very busy, but that, this is what. What really drives me to what I do is I, I see there's such a need out there and I see that and that's why I want to really teach. Um, this is why I want this book to come out and do well, because I, I already have two other books I've written for doctors. So so I want I'm hoping to teach and, and travel and, and do lecturing and and try to, to, to try to teach doctors about the Corona protocol and, and which is my method of, of doing yeah. things. 
Actually, your latest book, The Corona Protocol, offers groundbreaking insights into the treatment of mental health. And as you were telling us, you you blend holistic approach. And so could you provide us with a sneak peek into this protocol? Well, the protocol basically, and when I say holistic, I like the word, but it's different than what most people think. Most people, when they, when you hear holistic, think about supplements and vitamins and things like that. What the holistic means helping the body heal itself. And with, with psychotropic medications, which are the medications I work with, which are traditionally known as antidepressants and mood stabilizers, they actually help to heal the system because they balance the person's chemistry ner- in, in the nervous system. And so that's how they basically work. And then the healing basically what what, what happens when, when the medications work is people feel like I'm, I'm like my, I'm my old self. This is the old me come back again. And I'm like I used to be. And that's the whole point of medications is to really heal the person and to get them back to themselves uh, where they can handle stress better and they feel stronger from within. Could you provide us some sneak peek into the protocol? You also can tell us a little bit about this book. Yeah, so the protocol basically is is my own ways I've learned how to do things. So in the 1990s, like I said, I I did a lot of exploring. I did a lot of, you know, I, I was reading books. I was reading psychiatric textbooks. I was reading journals. And I was trying to figure out why was it that other doctors weren't doing things the way I was doing it. And so the protocol is, is combined, how I combine certain medications together the, in, in very unique ways that I, I, I didn't see then. I still don't see now um, other doctors doing things the same way. And why is that? Because really basically because I trained myself because I didn't have a lot to go by. So I really had to follow my own instincts when I was treating people because it it was just made sense to me, but it I wasn't reading it. And so that's what led me to write because I thought, well, I have to write about this because who's going to believe me? <laughs> who's going to believe the results I've seen, I'm seeing here? So that's what led me to my first three books I wrote. And then the next two, which are which are not out yet, which are my two training books for doctors. And then that led to this one. So I've been writing for 20 years. And the point of my writing is that eventually I really want to teach and and what I want to teach other prescribers because I, I you know, I there's so many doctors and there's also physicians, assistants, nurse practitioners that really don't do a great job with medications, not to be mean about it, but it's mm-hmm. just it's true. Um, so I want to teach them my protocol and then, and because it's very easy to do and it's very easy for me to teach it. And so I'm excited about the opportunity to, because if I can help other providers help their patients, that to me would be the greatest satisfaction for me, knowing that I can only see so many people, I can only do so much myself. So if I can help uh, people at a at a wider level by help by helping other doctors understand this protocol and the protocol is very cutting edge, very revolutionary because it's 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 really healing the mind and body at the same time. Absolutely, and it's good to know that you were training other healthcare professionals. And I would like to talk about early intervention, mental illness as we know, has become increasingly 
prevalent. With the World Health Organization predicting some years ago that depression would become the second leading cause of disease burden globally by 2020, 2020. Yes, I was reading about it to talk to you. So how does early intervention in mental health potentially prevent issues like school shootings, drug abuse, homelessness, and many other problems? Because, you know, in the things that I talk about in the book, and basically the book is I tell 30 stories. So it's a, it's mostly a fiction book, it's a storytelling book about people a struggle with different things. And uh, basically early intervention could, you know, most of the things I deal with um, and most of the tragedies like the shooters and the homeless people and addiction, it's all related to mental health issues. You know, addiction is, homelessness is, obviously school shooters are, suicides, you know, and so if you, early intervention is key. And I think people have this notion that just see a psychologist only and maybe to get some exercise and everything should be fine. Not necessarily. And and people may have this notion that medications should be the last thing you ever try. You got to try everything else first. And yeah, but I, I disagree. I think if, if, if someone's going down a bad path, you know, and it's, it's not as easy as just a little bit of counseling or a little bit of this, you know, you want to intervene to get them out of this hole. And so if they're in a deep depression or they're having anxiety attacks, and and, and if the person's telling me, this isn't me, this is not the, the old me, this is totally different. You know, you, you have to be aggressive and you can't just 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 try to like, well, it, we'll, we'll save medication for the last thing we could try while, while you suffer for months and months and months and years, you know? So I think earlier intervention, um, would we be able to save a lot of people? And, and, you know, save a lot of not only lives, you know, but like in this, in the case of school shooters, there's usually early signs of mental illness. And usually you should be able to intervene with these people. Yeah, absolutely. And many times, sometimes or many times it goes unnoticed by family and friends. Shouldn't we also educate the family and other healthcare professionals, doctor? Absolutely. And so, I mean, I often get the family involved, especially with younger patients. You know, the family is usually involved. The parents are usually involved. But yeah, I think we need to, um, you know, ed education is key. And, and I think uh, so that's why, I mean, I, and, I, and to tell the truth, I see a lot of families i see i see one person and all of a sudden the other person in the family said well i need to see him too and then i need to see him so usually when when you recognize the problem then a lot of people say oh really you can get help for that i've been suffering with that for years i didn't think that you could help that so I, I see a lot of people when i see one person then i see their family and then they get involved <laughs> and then i end up seeing everybody in the family that happens a lot um but uh, but yeah, I think I think, you know, and, and even family members that don't have mental health issues, we can definitely help. They can definitely help support the person. And, and, and because a lot of these patients that I see really need the, the moral support from home, they need the love, they need the support, they need people who understand and don't judge them. Um, and I think I think it's really important that um, that the people understand and, and also not to 
discourage them not to say like, oh, you're taking a medication. Oh, you're you should get off of that. And it's like, well, I'm really I'm doing really well on it. No, no, no. I, I heard you shouldn't be taking those. I think it's like. Stop, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, there is this resistance against medication. Uh, we take medication if we we have high blood pressure, if we have diabetes. So it's a treatment like any other. Exactly. And I use that a lot. I use those examples a lot about diabetes and thyroids conditions and things where you take medications. And I, I tell people this is just the same, but there's so many, there's a lot of anti-medication mentality, a lot of bloggers, a lot of podcasts, a lot of people out there who are, who are influencers, and I can, I can name some right now, but I won't, um, are very anti-medication. And, and it's just, and when I hear that, it really hurts me because I, I, I just, I know they're influencing a lot of people and, and, and it's not something that, that people who are in need should be hearing. You yeah. know, you got to be tougher and you just have to be a man and you, you got to stop complaining and you just have to, you know, hey, I believe in that. I talk to my patients about exercise and relaxation techniques and breathing and yoga. I mean, I talk, I talk to patients about that stuff all the time, but in some people, it's not quite enough. We need medical help, you know, and realizing that this is also a medical condition, not just a psychological one. Yeah, totally. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I have Hashimoto thyroiditis, and I take a hormone replacement. Right. And I, I've seen many people even telling me, or I read it online saying, no, you don't need to take hormones. You should eat this. And this is, no, I need the hormone. I don't have my thyroid. I, it was removed. Right. You're going to take it lifelong too. So what? <laughs> So what? You don't have a thyroid anymore, so you have to give yourself thyroid. See, right there, it's like, so what? I mean, you can't help that. You know, it's not something you ask for. And people who suffer with anxiety and depression, they don't ask for that. It's a miserable thing to have. It's miserable to have anxiety and panic attacks. But they they can be helped. And and like, like you said, I use these examples, like you just said, I use thyroid a lot, Hashimoto's a lot, because I, that, people can understand that. But see, the reason they understand that is there's a blood test. And if there's a blood test, they can say, see on paper, that number, you know, that makes more sense. With what I do, there's no blood tests. There's no scanning. So it's, it's I call it an invisible illness because it's a microscopic problem at the, at the cellular level. And so the medications work at the, at the neurocellular level in the nervous system to balance and you know, and as a physical therapist, you know that, I mean, and, and a lot of massage therapists will say, yeah, when, when, they, when people get stressed out, boy, these muscles here just get really tensed up, you know, and why is that? Well, because the stress comes out in our body. That's how. You know? mm -hmm. so. Yes. And I'm curious about this method. And what do you hope readers will take away from your book, The Corona Protocol? I hope they have hope. I mean, I think what they're going to get out of this book is, you know, reading the stories and, and most of them are happy endings. 
Some of them are not happy endings because that's just reality is not everything's a happy ending. Um, you know, but what I'm hoping they understand from this book is that there's hope or that they can relate to maybe one of the stories or more than one of the stories. It sounds like, you know, people are like, that sounds like me. Cause I, I did so much of variety in these 30 stories that I mean, I think anyone who struggled with anything having to do with mental illness will be able to relate to at least one of these characters I have. Mm -hmm. Uh, and so what what I'm hoping is that even if they've been seeing a doctor or not seeing a doctor or not being treated or being treated inadequately, that they can say, oh, my gosh, this makes so much more sense that you need to combine medications together in a certain way, not just one thing only. But some people, it's simple as one thing only, but more often it's a combination of the two or three things together that, you know, and that's where we get the best results. And so I, that's what I'm hoping they take from this book is that sense that you know there's hope and that there's an answer to their problems thank you and would you like to leave a message for our listeners today doctor well i think um like i said my book comes out on february 20th on amazon i think we're also going to be on barnes noble we're going to be on apple um and also if you're interested my first three books are available on amazon too it's called he They took me 12 years to complete, and they're 1,200 pages total. But the first three books are called Healing the Mind and Body, the trilogy. So those are available. And I, I make a lot of references in this book to those books, because in those books, you can read a lot more depth. There's It's not it's a lot more of the science and not just the stories like this one. Mm -hmm. uh, and that, um, but yeah, but if you, you know, and, and again, if, if you... Also, if anyone wants to be seen as a patient, um, you know, contact my office. You can email me. Um, I see a lot of people remotely, which is a lot of uh, a lot of the doctors would do what I do or doing a lot of telephone and virtual visits. Um, so if someone is not in my area, then 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 I can still treat them um, even out of state. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so that's, you know. And, you know, and if you have any questions, you know, I, I also do a, a podcast and I've done over 120 podcasts. It's called The Dr. Paul Show. Um, I haven't done them in a while, but I'm going to start picking them up this next week. I haven't done it for a couple months, but I'm going to restart again. So, uh, but yeah, but I talk about, you know, a lot of things on the podcast too. So. Oh, excellent. And do you mind sharing your website with us? Yeah, so www.dr, like dr, like doctor. So dr, Paul Corona, that's C-O-R-O-N-A, like the virus, uh, md.com. So drpaulcoronamd.com. And, and on the website, you can see testimonials, blogs, a lot of stuff about my first books. So there's a lot of, there's a lot on my website. Mm-hmm. So. Do you have Instagram or LinkedIn? I'm on Instagram. If you want to see, if you want to see Seymour pictures, uh, <laughs> on my Instagram is is D Dr like Doctor. So Dr Paul Corona MD. So if you go on Dr Paul Corona MD, um, I have about maybe 10 pictures of Seymour. He's 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 beautiful, by the way. If you you when you see him, you'll see why I feel the way I do. He's mm -hmm. He's not only a love, but he's he's a he's a gorgeous cat. Um, he's a seal he's a seal point Himalayan, so he's a long hair with Siamese coloring. But he's beautiful, and he's but it, more than just his beauty outwardly is his inward beauty. Mm. So, and then I'm on I'm on Facebook. Um, I'm on X, which was Twitter. I'm on X, 
Uh, so I'm on all three platforms and we're doing marketing on the all three platforms too. So. Sounds great. And actually we'll be featured in our magazine, The Relatable Voice in February. So our listeners will be able to see your book cover, read more about you. And Dr. Paul, you're always welcome to the RV. Our doors are open for you. And when you publish your new book, please let us know. Okay. I appreciate I it so much for having me on. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening. And remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time. No. Okay. I appreciate it so much for having me on. Yes, I'm I love going to California. So <laughs> thank you. What beautiful. Oh, just one second. I like I love I love the background. I love what you did there. I love what I love how you do that. That's and when you publish your new book, please let us know. Okay. I appreciate I it so much for having me on. Yes, I'm I love going to California. So <laughs> thank you. What beautiful. Oh, just one second. I like I love I love the background. I love what you did there. I love what I love how you do that. That's and when you publish your new book, please let us know. Okay. I appreciate I it so much for having me on. Yes, I'm I love going to California. So <laughs> Thank you. What beautiful. Oh, just one second. I, like, I love I love the background. I love what you did there. I love what I love how you do that. That's and when you